Good morning. On this ball of question crunch, Bonnie Marie Williams is here to answer questions about voice acting, suspicious microphone names, and the art of sounding like a little boy. <laughs> Bonnie, I have been a fan of your work since we first met. Um, I think you did various voices for me, and uh, I feel like your career path into being a voice actor was almost guaranteed. I mean, almost like something that had, like, when when I found out you were getting a voice acting, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and I know that a lot of people, and I mentioned this to other actors I know that I like doing voices, but voice acting is such a, a completely different thing than just doing voices. Like I'll do a voice and someone will try to start a conversation with me and I'm just like, fuck, what? I don't com I, I don't want to do the conversation. I just want to do the one line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you have to be able to live in that character's world and, and being able to respond and react in that character's voice is an entirely different animal than just doing a really great impression of somebody saying one line. You know, that only get you so far in a script. And well, I, uh, so what was your journey into being a voice actor? Ooh, okay. So it's really funny that you say it was just kind of not like destiny, but that it was just going to happen because I did my first voiceover job over 10 years ago when I was getting my undergrad degree in theater. And one of my friends was working at the college radio station and she said, Hey, do this commercial with me. And I said, okay. And I did it. And it was for a Mexican restaurant when I just had to pretend to be a jealous girlfriend um, who was like, he's texting this girl. Her name is Rosa Maria's like, what is she? Oh, she's Mexican food. Like it was like one of those things. <laughs> it's wow. totally silly. Yeah. Um, I actually was able to get a copy of the recording recently, which was very interesting to listen back and cringe a little bit at my acting back then, but it was the first time I ever did it. And I thought, yeah, that was cool. Okay. I'm going to go be on Broadway. And that was it. I didn't think anything of it. And then I didn't go to New York. <laughs> um, I stayed local and I met other people doing theater and some of them had been doing voiceover. And I thought, you know, that's cool. Like, I think I remember that. And it was at the strong encouragement from two of them. One of them was doing audiobooks, The other was doing a lot of voiceover. And I met them both in theater and they said, you should do this. And I said, okay. And then I got behind the mic and it brought me back that happiness and freedom that I really hadn't felt since I was getting my theater degree because I was doing on-camera acting and I hated how my face looked I didn't like how I looked on camera and I was really bummed I said I don't love this but I want to be an actor what can I do and that's when it happened and I fell in love with it and I said okay this is what I got to do because they don't care what you look like I had always done character type work in theater and it just felt like a natural fit. I got to be goofy and make all the weird faces and it didn't matter at all. And it was great. I could have my resting bitch face and it didn't matter what I look like. I could have different colored hair and it didn't matter. And it didn't have to fit a certain type. So that was really, that was really freeing for me. And it brought me back so much happiness. And I said, oh, I can keep doing this. And I learned even from having a theater background that voiceover is really hard. It's really, really hard. And even still, there's stuff I do now where I go, this is hard. You never stop learning and you never stop growing. And I, I feel that way whenever, like, I'll, I'll watch a cartoon. Um, or, okay, for instance, uh, have you seen the Marvel's What If? Yes, of course I have. I'm just making sure, just to, to add on the conversation. I'm not going to assume that everyone has seen What If, because especially. There. Um, okay, but Captain Carter, of course I've seen it. That's that's a fair point. I, <laughs> what the hell? Um, but it was just interesting because a lot of the actors came back to reprise their roles, and a lot of them I did not think that they were the best choice to be voice actors. <laughs> what was that? What, what was that? Cough? No, nothing, nothing, nope. nothing at all. <laughs> Clean that up in post. Nothing at all. I would never out loud say never, never. I don't but have opinions, Jimmy. I don't know what you're talking about. But some of those actors were actually really surprising to be able to do good renditions of themselves and have the emotion of their character with them. 
Um, what? Oh, God. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. I was surprised by him um, when he gets. I don't know. Nope, I don't want to spoil anything because some people haven't seen it. When he and does the one thing. He, he does that one thing. And I thought that one thing that he did was fantastic. And don't you agree that one thing that he did? <laughs> that one thing he did and that other thing. Yeah. And maybe even that last thing, you know? Oh, yeah. That yeah, one. That one. Oh, I still dream about that one thing. It haunts me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> and but, everybody listening will know those yeah, things. Right? Um, yep. But, but there were, uh, whenever I think about like certain moments like that where people come back, to be themselves but animated, it's strange because uh, you can tell that they're not too comfortable being a voice actor, and you can't hear you can't hear the emotion that you'd expect from that moment in that cartoon, and it's always impressive. And I always think about that whenever I think see like professional, like really experienced voice actors being in the role, or I'll watch behind the scenes and see them do a bunch of weird movements and, as you said, weird faces. But you get such texture and emotion to their voice. It's it's bizarre. It's nuts. I love it. And I love seeing the different degrees that actors that I, I love talking to actors in different fields and seeing what goes in and what goes into their job and the differences between the jobs. And voice acting is just <laughs> I can't wrap my mind around it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's still some days I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. It's like, wow, this is extremely complicated and it's great. And there's some days that are hard and there's other things you're having to switch when you're doing your auditions. You're switching from an animation piece to a corporate narration piece to something else. And you have to switch it in your mind of like, okay, now I have to do it this way. I have to do it this way. And it's very, it's not just speaking. And that's the thing that people think it is when you just surface level like oh i have a really good voice i could do, be a voice actor i could do it like okay well like i don't think i have the best speaking voice but i think i'm an all right voice actor so it's not just about sounding good it's about can you act can you emote can you act uh, i don't want to say appropriately in the right scenes but it really is an art form well i think about like rob paulson where as pinky you have a million different kinds of narf that you can use. And I think of uh, the long stretch out narf whenever Pinky is impressed, where it's the whole narf. And <laughs> the camera zooms in and there's dramatic lighting and the ears droop down, that everything works together in this very visual and cartoony medium. And I feel like most actors, not I don't want to say most actors, but for me, for the, the basic human being who likes to do voices, but is I, I would not know different ways to change one word to be able to add something to the moment. Mm -hmm. As an artist, I only know to hear the word being said by actors and being able to think visually how I would be able to add more to it cartoony, just in the cartoon world. Mm hmm. You see it from more of the visual side of things while, you know, voice actors have to interpret that from the audio side of things. And and the animators have to, like you said, animate that in those different ways. So it's a really interesting kind of collaboration of these teams making this crazy thing work and this beautiful end result. It's really great how it all works together or it should all work together. And I love that. I really do because uh, I like it that uh, certain projects, well, most projects, most uh, movies, TV shows, cartoons, has all these people who uh, have different talents to bring to the table and make it make it one crazy group project that works. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a cool thing when it all comes together. What has been some of your favorite projects? Favorite ever, ever. So some of the stuff I do never sees the light of day because it's internal corporate stuff or it's e-learning stuff. Um, I really, I think it's become one of my favorite things to say when somebody says, you know, oh, you're a voice actor. What do you do? And I say, I play little boys a lot. And they say, what? And I say, yeah, I play eight to 10 year old boys a lot. It's just, it's great because people don't automatically assume that. And it always makes them go, huh? <laughs> it's one of my favorite things like the last time I was flying out 
to Los Angeles, I brought my microphone with me, this one, because it's portable, it's great. And I had it in my suitcase, and this was the one time TSA stopped me, and they pulled it off to the side, and I already knew. I said, it's my microphone. You don't want to say, it's my shotgun. You don't want to say that. It's a shotgun microphone, but don't tell TSA it's a shotgun. That will get you into trouble. So they pulled my suitcase off, and I knew it, and I said, that's mine, the Wonder Woman backpack. Of course, that one's mine. And I go off to the side, and the, the TSA officer says, okay, you know, is there anything in here? I said, there's a microphone. I use it for work. I'm a voice actor. He goes, Bet, what do you do? Word? What do you play? I said, I play little boys a lot. He's like, Word, what else do you do? And I was like, This is the weirdest <laughs> conversation I have ever had with TSA. So um, that is probably anytime I get to be a kid, it's really, really fun because I mean, it's so out of the norm from what I get to do. So I play little boys for commercials. And I play them for e-learning projects. Um, that's some of what I do. So anytime, it's fun getting to be a little boy because you can burp and you can fart and you can maybe don't include that on the file. But if it happens when you're recording and you laugh in character, it's it's really great. Um, and you can just be goofy and have this high energy and you don't have to do like a, you know, a grown-up read. So that's one of my favorite things. I started doing it about five years ago and my boy voice five years ago was not great i listen to it now and i go oh why did anybody hire that uh, but now i can listen to it and i can flip into it and it, it's a lot of fun so one of my favorite projects and this one pushed me outside of my my comfort zones and my creativity self-imposed limits at the time but i did the animation pilot for gary vaynerchuk for gary Gary V. Blah. And that was really fun. The creative team was super great. And they called me to be a little girl. And I said, well, you know, I play boys too. Because in my head, you're an actor and you're saying, look, if this is a pilot, I want to lock myself in and get that job security. So I said, you know, can I audition to be some of the other characters? And they said, sure. And I said, great. Okay. Because I can play more than just little girls. And I ended up playing 11 characters out of maybe 14 in the show. And half of them were boys and the other half were girls. And they were all like 5 to 12 years old. So that was where I had to learn how to do a boy voice, do it well, and then do it a few more times and a bunch of different ages. So that was really cool. That's one of my all-time favorite, favorite projects. What differences do you think of when you say different ages? Like what, what do you add to that? Well, some were in kindergarten, some were in third grade, some were in sixth grade. So, you know, the older boys who were the bullies, they, you know, there were kind of more down here. Like, it, not obviously just like that. But you think about how little are they, how old are they, and then are they are they nice kids? Are they mean kids? And how does that, how do those choices um impact the character that you're playing and what are the other characters and when you're playing 11 kids you have to make them sound different and the animators were cool because they animated some of the voices around some of the choices that I gave the characters like I gave one boy a lisp and they gave him braces it was the best and that kid wasn't even a lead he was like one of the third graders I think and he became everybody's favorite they're like the broccoli kid yeah he was great <laughs> that was you he was great so that was really really cool uh it's 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 funny because like i think about those uh choices whenever i'm drawing a character uh it affects how they stand so when you brought different characters and adding the braces because of the list is a perfect example of like you don't know the final product of the character because you need to know more about the character's personality uh mm -hmm. what gives them life what's their spirit because like uh i've drawn characters with their hand like I i'll tell people like uh i'll ask are they confident because having their arms crossed versus putting their arms at their hip matters. <laughs> yes. Because if you're here, you're kind of like, oh, you know, it's cool. Hi, guys. How's it going? But when you're here, you're a bit more confident. Yeah. You know, you're like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard that boy voice. Uh, like, I, I I was going through your Instagram. And I saw that you're real. And I'm like, God damn, you're good. <laughs> hey, thank you. Don't you make me cry, Jimmy. Don't you dare. <laughs> um. I feel like I if I if I design microphones or if I design tools that I know people are going to take to the airport, I would name them stuff that will get them in trouble just because mm. I'm awful. Like you're like, oh, I don't want to say shotgun. I'm like, 
oh, uh, this is my new microphone design. It's called a uh, bag of drugs. <laughs> it's called mommy's secret. Yeah, yeah, no. Jimmy, no, don't say that. <laughs> this one's called I'm totally a terrorist. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So, what, what else could you call it? Yeah, bag of drugs. I like that. That's a fun one. <laughs> This is my new microphone. Please call the cops. This is not a. Uh, this is this is not a. Please game. call the cops. This is my neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't a microphone. It's a child's femur. No, Jimmy. <laughs> no. That's fantastic. I, <laughs> I. I didn't even think the microphone's called shotgun because how, how how nervous were you that you were going to slip up and call it that? Oh, totally. Totally 100%. I was like, no, I have to say, if I call it that, I'm going to be here. I'm going to miss my flight. I don't want to do that. I said, it's my microphone. I almost gave him the name of it. I was like, you know, it's my Sennheiser MKH416 microphone. But I'm like, okay, how can I get out of this? Be cute and say, I'm a voice actor. I use it for work. So, like, don't fuck it up. <laughs> Please don't, don't poke it. Don't throw it into water. This is very expensive and it's my livelihood, sir. Please don't hurt it. And that's when he wanted to ask me about my career. And I had a feeling, had I stayed there longer, he'd be like, hey, how do I get into that? I have a really good voice. Thank goodness I got out of there before that happened. Because that would be so incredibly awkward. Because you don't want to say the wrong thing, and then they detain you, and then they want to like strip search you. I don't have time for that. I, yeah, I've I've not been there with the voice acting thing. I just know that whenever I tell people I draw, they're like, "Oh, I've got an idea for a kids book." I'm like, "Cool, everyone does." <laughs> yeah, like, mm-hmm. If I had a dollar for every time somebody stopped me to tell me that, I could buy publishing house i've forgotten all the names of them now oh that looks bad anyways yeah yeah it's super fun when that happens because you already know what you're gonna say you already know what somebody's gonna say you can just mm-hmm here it comes mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah the next phrase is usually about like uh yeah because uh i have a kid's i have a kid's story i have a kid's book idea and it's all about my pet going on adventures i'm like yep that's uh, cool. Uh, just write the whole story. Well, I got the story. It's in my head. I just need to talk to an artist to see what we can do with it. I was like, no, no, no. Write a complete story, and then you can hire the artist. you got to actually show that you have a beginning, middle, and end before you hire the artist. <laughs> Jeez. Well, so, I will not contact you about my pet's adventures because he basically sleeps all day and is tired after about 15 minutes of walking. So there will be no adventures for Marcel. He's He's a lazy bones. <laughs> I think that that would be the easiest book to draw ever. <laughs> Three pages. Three pages. Yep. Not maybe it would be like five. Let's, you know, he might get up to go get a pup cup, gets tired, goes back to bed. Yeah, that give him a little bit of a character arc, you know, but. As someone who's addicted to the human version of the pup cup, uh, <laughs> I can understand where Marcel is going. I can understand. Mm -hmm. that. Um. Would you rather, because, you know, this is the Christmas season, this is the holiday season, uh, would you rather be cast as Snow Miser or Heat Miser? You know, I was thinking about this. Because I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, you have anger from inside out, basically, and you have Elsa. The quickest comparisons in my brain. I love Elsa. I love Frozen. I have no shame in admitting that. I love those movies. They're cute. I watched them with my baby sister who looked at me with her ginormous eyes and said I was Elsa and she was Anna. And I looked at her and I said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so uh, I feel like right now I'm a little bit of, of heat miser because it's cold here. I'm in the south and I am freezing. Um... I don't know. That's a hard one because I like cold weather up to a point. I like California cold weather, but I like warm California weather, but I don't like it being too hot. Do they have like a, you know, like a Goldilocks, like just right in the middle miser? Because <laughs> the, that would the, be great. Mild miser, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to be, I want to be the mild miser of like, hey, you know what? Let's just not have the extremes. Let's just be here in the middle and be at a comfortable like 75 miser. How about that? <laughs> so instead of like melting and freezing, you're like, uh, 
uh, whatever I touch turns to comfort in my clutch. <laughs> I uh, like that. But, that would be but, great. <laughs> I, you know, listen, I think that would be a fun idea for a children's book. What do you think about that? <laughs> so one thing that I thought about when I thought of this question is uh, it, it, uh, it's another moment of being really impressed by a voice actor because in the middle of Snow Miser's song, he does a shivering sound. And I'm just like, I don't even know how I would think about that when do like if the director said, okay, now shiver. And I'm like, okay. And I start shaking. I, no, but verbally let us know that you're shivering. I'm like, fuck. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he does this whole like, <laughs> see, even then it sounds dumb. It just sounds dumb. It just sounds like, it sounded like a bit where Frankenfurter is singing. <laughs> Ooh, shake. Like, but he had time to get into it and to practice. You just did it off the top of your head. You are comparing yourself as somebody just trying it to somebody who rehearsed and had notes and was directed and all of these things. So that's not a fair comparison. Don't talk about my friend like that. <laughs> but even if I took notes, the notes would be like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Fair enough, but yeah, that's the being able to act and sing as well is very, very difficult. Well, being able to audibly convey shiver is impressive. Yeah. You know, it also could be that uh, I am in California and I don't really shiver. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hate it. Um, I hate it. I took Marcel out to go to the bathroom and I was shaking because I was so cold. I wasn't trying to voice act while I was doing that, but maybe tonight when he has to go pee at like 11 o'clock, I'll try it and maybe the neighbors will think I'm more nuts than I am, but I'll learn something new and then I'll send it to you and be like, Jimmy, I did the thing. And I'll send uh, you that audio clip. Yeah. So when I, and I think I mentioned this in the podcast before, probably, well, I don't know. I talked about the story a lot, but when I went to Boston, and it was so cold and i was like really i was really that was the coldest i've not ever been but it's one of the coldest memories i have because i don't have like a jacket built for actual cold i have a jacket that's good built for california cold mm-hmm. and when I saw a spot of sunlight i was like oh good and i ran over to the sunlight and it did nothing there was no heat in that sunlight and i'm like this is this these are lies i've never been so I've never been so betrayed by the sun. Yes. Yes. When you think you're going to get warm and oh no, it's just light. There's no heat with that light. It's just light. It's the worst. I've I've never felt heat from the sun. I've never felt sunlight from the sun. Well, of course, I've never felt sunlight without heat. And so earlier today when I woke up and it was cold in my house, I went outside and I was like, all right, let's try the sunlight. And I stepped in and I was like, yeah. That's that's how it's supposed to work. It was that's delight- the good shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the vitamin D I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So is your vitamin D broken? Mm. <laughs> wow, Jimmy, that's a really personal question to ask on a podcast. <laughs> is your sunlight broken? <laughs> there is some here, but there's not a lot of warmth. It. It's it's just very, very cold consistently. So the upside is I don't have to, I can just put on layers and kind of look like the gremlin I feel like on the inside, which is great. Typically my booth in here does not get cold. So I usually end up running a fan just to keep air flowing because when you're in here for hours and hours at a time, which I have been, you know, and maybe you had Mexican food last night, um, you don't want to hot box yourself. And so getting ventilation in a room with no ventilation is a great idea. So it's warm in here, but it is not warm outside. And I'm, I stick out like a sore thumb because people here walk around in flip flops and shorts and a long sleeve shirt. And I'm like, sir, it is 45 degrees. What are you doing? And I've got a hat, I've got a long sleeve hoodie, I've got leggings, I've got jeans, I've got, you know, thermal socks and boots and a coat. And I'm still going, <laughs> I'm cold. So it, I think maybe it is broken. So that's why I supplement. <laughs> <laughs> My doctor told me to. <laughs> I, I, I don't I, know where I, that came from. They just slip out sometimes. I'm sorry. 
I love winter. I love having adding layers, but again, it's California winter, so uh, the layers are not as layered as they could be. Yes. Um, there, I do have a jacket that I only bring out it, for the real cold that it gets. Mm-hmm. For real California cold, but that I don't think I'm going to wear that this winter. We'll see. It's very rare. It's very rare. Mm-hmm. What is your process for creating a voice? So my process is, it's kind of the same as when I was doing my theater degree and when I do theater shows. It It's all individual for each person, though. Everybody has a different process because sometimes you get to see what the character looks like ahead of time and sometimes you don't. When you do get to see what they look like and the animators give you that gift, they say, yeah, this is what he looks like or this is what she looks like. This is what they look like. That's a gift because it can help inform you of those choices. But when they don't and you see them after they've been animated, um, it you just it's a very, very personal process. And it all depends on the project. It depends on what type of script it is. Um, it depends on, you know, how is this a commercial? Is it corporate narration? There's always different characters. So my process is totally different than maybe somebody else's um some of it is very personal for me it just it really depends on what type of script it is and when i work with people who come to me for when i teach classes especially to kids i try to make it as fun as possible for them and i i don't go super method acting on them like think about the worst moment of your life you're eight years old you didn't get a Capri Sun for lunch now think about how that made you feel and bring like i can't do that to them so you know, it's a very, very different experience, but um, my process is different than your process, which is different from somebody else's. But at the end of all of it, I think it really comes down to using your imagination and pretending as if, how, how would I behave as if I was this person in this situation and it's freezing outside and you, you have to come up with that and make it go from here in your head to here out of your, out of your mouth. And word vomit everywhere, and it's great. You kind of broke my heart thinking about not getting a Capri Sun. I'm I'm so sorry. Now think about, close your eyes, go back to that place when you were eight years old, and you yeah. didn't get a Capri Sun. Yesterday when I didn't get a Capri Sun. I don't have to oh. be eight years old to have my heart broken. Oh, oh, got it. Okay, I'll send you some after this. Yeah. Or if, if I stab the Capri Sun too far, and it's got at the other end, or if I screwed up the stabbing. There it goes. Your whole drink just slips out. Just all the water sips out. Yep. That little bit of hope that if I do this Gone. right, I will get the delicious Capri Sun. <laughs> Gotta be careful, man. Gotta be careful with those Capri Suns, Jimmy. <laughs> Gotta be real careful with those. If you stab them way too hard, then you lose all your drink. And then your mom gets mad at you and she says, I'm not going to buy you any more of those. And you go, okay, mom, I'm sorry. I didn't want to. I didn't want to interrupt you with laughter. I just want to see how long that was gonna go. Oh yeah. Sometimes he goes for a while. It's great. He doesn't at all get me into trouble. It's fine. <laughs> what? When would that get you into trouble? <laughs> uh, saying inappropriate things sometimes. <laughs> Such as. Uh, um, spam numbers calling, trying to get money out of me. Although maybe it doesn't get me into trouble. It keeps me out of trouble because I answer and I go, hello? Like, hi, is no, this is my mom's phone. Yeah, I know. If you keep calling, your boyfriend's going to kick your ass. Mom, they keep calling the phone. Go get Tom. And I'm like, you know, then they hang up or stuff. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> I I use it for evil sometimes. Order it. Oh, I have to tell you something funny I did use it for. I used it yeah, in the drive-thru. Okay to order <laughs> one of my I was at the Taco Bell drive through with one of my friends in LA and it was late it was like way past a child's bedtime at this point and we're hungry and it's one of the only things open and we're driving up and we pull up and my friend orders he's like what do you want I went um and he just immediately put his head down and started laughing and I said oh, I want the mini chicken quesadilla and um 
oh and the lady's like we don't have any more and he's got his head down he's looking at me like fuck you <laughs> trying to make him keep a straight face i said now they're gonna think i'm your kid and we're gonna roll up and it's like a guy and a girl in the car and they're gonna maybe think we're weird i don't know but that was a lot of fun that could be a moment where it gets me into trouble <laughs> i had one one time speaking of fast food um it was late at night and i was coming home i was going back to the hotel from comic-con and I did a lift share with two uh, two women, and I don't think that they've ever had Jack in a Box before, because okay. they, they they looked at the menu, they were looking online, and they're just like, uh, uh, they looked at the line, and they're like, what is a jumbo Jack? And they were describing what the jumbo Jack is made of, and one of them's like, that sounds pretty good, but I'm like, really? Like. <laughs> I don't know anyone who I, I don't know anyone who hasn't had Jack in a Box. Hmm. And it's strange. It's strange to be impressed by the menu of Jack in a Box, like the ingredients of a Jumbo Jack. <laughs> I mean, that's when you just say, "Ma'am, does that Jumbo Jack look impressive to you?" <laughs> I got a Jumbo Jack for you. There you go. <laughs> I, there you go. I'm I'm okay. I didn't want to make because like I feel like lift drives. Go, being in the lift with either the lift driver or the stranger, a lot of times I Fair. try not be creepy. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I can respect not being creepy. Fair enough. I had one lift driver who said that the economy was going to go down tomorrow. And he was like, just ch- check your bank account. It's probably already been emptied. He's like, log in your bank account and check it out. I was like, no, I'm good. Is no, he getting you. this information from um, an online forum oh, that starts I, with the letter Q? Most likely. Yeah. Most likely, but I was unwilling to entertain it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I I feel like when it when you're at the mercy of of a QAnon driver, you just you you don't ask more questions. You don't ask, you don't invite like at uh at my job one time someone asked uh, I asked him do you read comics and he's like yeah before they got political and I was like cool <laughs> and I'm like you did so never <laughs> so back when you were a kid and didn't know that there were politics in all comics it's the dumbest thing it's one of the dumbest arguments I hear. Why are they getting political? Where have you been? They've always been political. Do your research. They've always been political. Oh, it drives me up a crazy, crazy wall. I hate it. Anyways, <laughs> I don't have opinions, Jimmy. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw a post on your Instagram of you setting up a studio space. And you mentioned the studio spaces get warm, so you don't want to hotbox yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and With you spicy toots, yeah. <laughs> you made your own little studio space in a hotel room, and it was, I think, a pillow fort. I've done that before, yeah. What goes into planning a little studio space when you're traveling or at your home or something? So, the main thing you want to do is try to make it as quiet as possible, and that's any sort of recording space, is make it as quiet as possible. So, shut off the AC. You know, hopefully you're not right next to the neighbor's wall, the sharing wall with their plumbing, because then you will pick that up. But try to keep it as quiet as possible and then also deaden any noise reflections, like any echoes. So that's where the pillows come in handy. But if you put too many pillows up, then it sounds like, you know, you're right here, it's way too muffled. So you have to be, you just have to trial and error and see what works. And then when I'm recording in a hotel room, I typically don't do jobs in a hotel room. I will just say, hey, I'm traveling right now. I let everybody know ahead of time. I'm going to be on the road from X amount to X amount of days, but I have studios along the way. If I'm traveling somewhere, um, I have studios I can go record the project in, but here is just what I sound like, just the acting part of it. It's not the audio quality. So that's just like, hey, this is my travel rig. This isn't my full home studio or wherever I'm going. So I try to take that into consideration and let people know, but you want to get it as quiet and as less echoey as possible. You don't want to sound like you're recording in a bathroom. Would you recommend uh, building a fort that's made of pillows or would you recommend uh, putting up blankets around you? Some pillows for structure 
and blankets around you can absolutely help. Um, I put up one in an Airbnb I was staying in in a closet that was in there. It was like an armoire and I put the uh, pillow behind my microphone and I had a sound panel above the doors and then a heavy blanket over it and I put clothes inside to keep the sound from bouncing around and I did a pretty good job with that and then I put a carpet underneath my feet just to keep any sound that was going to bounce down to keep it from bouncing up into the microphone. So it's just about making sure you don't hear stuff echoing and you test it. You do a line and you record here. No, I don't say you do a line. <laughs> Gotta be real careful with that. You, <laughs> you know, you record a little bit and you say, oh, that sounds like garbage. And then you move it to somewhere else and you try again. And then eventually you say, okay, this sounds pretty good. And just tell people this is a temporary setup. I've got all of my, you know, I'll record here at this studio or here at this studio. And then you take care of it that way. <laughs> You're laughing about do a line? Yeah. yeah do, do a line because we were just talking about with TSA. You're like, yeah, you have the shotgun ready and you do a line and you just get into the kid. Yep. <laughs> yep. There you go. Uh, and uh, are, are you a fan of Batgirl? Okay, well, this has been great. I'm logging off. Do you, I was going to say, do you want to see all my stuff up there? Check it out. Hang on. Hey. Okay, all. you're 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 not you're not a nerd at all. No, not at all. And then okay. I have she's right back there. Hang on. For I have Melissa Gilbert right back there, her Batgirl. For listeners who can't see, there's yeah, they can't see. Memorabilia <laughs> being shown that is clearly not something that uh, a nerd would own. No. So uh, I, I I don't think that you're the biggest. Uh, I don't think you're that much of a Batgirl fan. I guess. Uh, no. <laughs> She's just um, casual. I like her. You know, she's cool, but she's not my favorite. <laughs> she's not my favorite. But she's all right. Uh, are you looking forward to the new movie? I am. I uh, always get nervous. I always get nervous. I always get nervous that like, and I have been, I'm always cautiously optimistic is the way I like to describe it. When there's a new project that's announced or whatever, especially if it's a character I really, really love, because I want to love it, I don't I don't want to be sad again. And I just had memories of going to see Batman and Robin at the movie theater with my parents, and Batgirl was in it, and I was... I mean, it was cool, because I was like eight, but I was still kind of disappointed. And I remember they bought me the action figure, and they're like, well, it's Batgirl. You like that? I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why there's no Alicia Silverstone Batgirl in my booth at all. Um, I am excited for it. I think it's going to be good. I always just get nervous because it's something I love and I want it to be good. And I want it to, I want to leave the theater crying about being so happy and that it was everything that I wanted it to be, which is also not fair to put that expectation on them because not every project that comes out is going to be everything we ever wanted it to be and more. And at the end of the day, we don't get to make those decisions. Um, I want it to be good. I want it to be good. And I think it will be. But I don't I don't want to be heartbroken. That's just, I'm cautiously optimistic. But there have been some great surprises. So, you know, like Batfleck, I loved it. I loved Ben Affleck as Batman. Loved it. Want more. Loved it. So that was a pleasant surprise for me. So cautiously optimistic. That's all I'm going to say. I remember when Bat Ben Affleck got cast as Batman. And I was like, oh, I'm not a big fan of his. I think this is going to suck. And then seeing his performance and you're just like, I, I remember being, I remember being very surprised at, at enjoying his Batman. I, mm -hmm. was, I was not expecting that. But I feel like I should have learned my lesson from Heath Ledger. Yes. Because I remember when Heath Ledger got cast as Joker all I knew him was from the guy from Night's Tale and Ten uh, was it Ten, Ten Things I, I Hate About You. Yep. And I was not I was not expecting any like great performance, but I remember that I, I remember I changed my mind when that first trailer came out, and he's just like, "You're a freak like me," and I'm like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what we call. I just went from six to midnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel it's strange because I feel like the more okay. I don't know the villains that are in Batgirl, but I know that Brendan Fraser is in it. Mm -hmm. And they recently posted a photo of him getting his birthday during uh, on set. 
And I feel like, I don't know if the villains have been announced, but I feel like as a comic book fan, I already know who the villain is. Because mm. it's in partial costume, and I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from a lot of it because I don't want to have any preconceived anything like i love that brendan frazier's in it i'm stoked for that i who doesn't love him honestly who does not love brendan frazier so i'm stoked that he's in it but i don't i don't want to be super disappointed by seeing things getting ready for it and i also don't want to be super excited getting ready for it and then leave disappointed or whatever but also i will admit i have a i don't want to say i'm a dc film apologist I might be a little bit. I <laughs> I might be a little bit. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's like we live in this world where we get more movies with these characters. We get more content. We have all this merchandise that we didn't have when we were little. Like, you couldn't get a Batman t-shirt from Target. You had to go to the comic book store, and they didn't have it for girls. They only had it for boys, but I didn't care. All I wanted was a Batman t-shirt, so that's what I got because I was like two or three. I was like, I don't give a shit. I just want a Batman shirt. You know, but it it's so I try to come I try to limit my complaints up to a certain point, you know, because nobody's ever going to be happy with everything. And at the end of the day, it's like we get more Batman movies. We get more Star Wars movies. We get more of this stuff. And this is so great because this was not the case years and years ago. Back in our day, you know, we didn't get these things. So I'm I'm walking a fine line between I want to know more and I don't. I don't want to be that little heartbroken eight-year-old girl again, leaving the theater. So, but I'm excited. I'm, I think I'm excited. I feel like I don't want to know more, but if you give me the opportunity to know more, I'm going to take it. Mm. Because uh, as a fan of Ghostbusters, I remember seeing the trailer and I felt like I knew way more than your normal Ghostbuster fan. Because, like, I saw the trailer, and they have a sign that says, uh, Shandor, uh, Ranch. And I was like, oh, shit. And my friends are like, what? And I was like, I, I know Shandor. He's the architect of the first building. So, of course, it's his ranch. And they're like, you know, normal people don't know that. They don't have Ivo Shandor memorized. I'm like, oh, cool. So, I knew more about that trailer. And I feel like the same thing about seeing the photo of Brennan Fraser on set for Batgirl, when I'm just like, normal people are going to look at that and not know a thing, but I saw the costume. I'm like, uh-oh, I think I know too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I know I'll go, I'll Google it, and I'll see other fans have already jumped to the conclusion that I have, but yeah, I just got to be quiet around my non-nerdy friends. So It's okay, they don't understand. They don't <laughs> understand us. It's okay. Screw being normal anyways. It's boring. If you were playing Batgirl and had all the creative freedom in the world, how would you play her? Mm. So this is another one of those how we approach a character is really dependent on the person. And I think in general, how we approach everything is based on our own experiences. How we view the world is based on our own experiences. So somebody who maybe isn't a fan of hers, I, I know I'm pretty sure the actress they got is like, I'm researching more about her and I can't wait because I don't really know that much. And I'm like, I had a moment. It broke me a little bit, but she's going to have a different approach to playing the character based on the information in the script and her acting process than I would as somebody who knows the character, who loves the character and who views the world entirely differently. So um, if I had all the creative freedom, that would be a perfect world, wouldn't it be? Typically, that doesn't exist, but I would view it from my own lens, and I would want to play her in such a way that she would be vocally in about my age range. I don't think it would be like, you know, hey, you're going to be Stockard Channing's voice, and you have to be much older. Like, that's not me. I'm, 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 like, I'm a cutoff at, like, 35 and under. I play, like, 12 to 35. I don't play much older than that. So I would want to play her in such a way that I would be able to have all of the characteristics of hers that make me love the character. I would really, and that's hard because again, you're going to have asshole fans like me going like, well, I don't understand why they cast her. She sounds too nasal or whatever shit, you know, somebody's going to have an opinion, but I would want her to be that 
brave, intelligent, strong, beautiful inside and out girl with a chip on her shoulder that's got something to prove, not just to other people, but to herself. That's really how I would want to play her and just say, like, you know, these are all the reasons why she's inspiring. And I would want to inspire little girls everywhere, little boys, hell, little whatevers to love her and to say, like, she stands on her own. She's not just this guy's sidekick. She's her own person. And that's what I would want to leave the booth feeling like, okay, I made sure to bring that across. This is how she sounds. Strong and capable. I mean, you have to, like, anyone who knows anything about Batgirl should know that she is strong and capable as being uh, the daughter of Commissioner Gordon. So just being, uh, being aware of the worst of the worst and then also being the eyes and ears of Batman, being able mm-hmm. to uh being one of the few people that pretty much just tells batman what to do and when i say tells him what to do you know batman is gonna stand against it and like be defiant Mm -hmm. being a stubborn ass man she has all the information that he needs and he like i i recently watched all of uh the arkham video games Mm -hmm. and especially i have a friend in those games Yes, you do. You do. Yes, I do, and I love her. Anyways, continue. <laughs> How does that feel? Because I think I think she even died in one of them, right? Listen, Jimmy, I don't want to talk about it. Um, okay. No, I love her. She's great. She's great. I still fangirl when I when we text. I still fangirl a little bit, and she knows that, so it's fine. This isn't new information. <laughs> <laughs> um, what 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 bad girl would you dial in on? Would it be like the because like whenever I think of bad girl, I think of the anime series. And especially uh, the scene from uh, Over the Edge. Okay. And that's the, I don't, I don't think it's a spoiler because a lot of, it's weird. It's weird when you get older because it's not a spoiler because it's been out for, for years. Us, but for but new people. A lot of people have not seen it. And I think yeah. it's on HBO Max currently. So people can watch the animated series and I don't want to spoil it. for. Don't them. give it away. What can I Which do? version would, of her would I want to dial into? Yes. I'd create my own. Okay. I'd create my own, 100%. There's been so many people before me to play her, but I would bring I would bring the different perspective of somebody who you know, every day she has this there's a fear there of losing her dad. That's it. That's game over. Like and they have this relationship where she doesn't want to lose him and I'm somebody that has lost their dad. And so I know what that is like and those emotions. And I would really try to, if they wrote that into the character and everything, and they wrote that into the story, but that is something from my own experience that I could bring to the table and say, like, I understand this aspect of things. Um, that's that's something very, very personal that I would bring that maybe somebody else wouldn't have that. That doesn't mean their performance would be better or worse. It would just be different. But that is something that I could bring to the table. Which Christmas villains? Because uh, I believe that this episode of the podcast is going to come out the 17th, which is uh, when Far oh, No Way Home comes out. So a lot of people are going to be thinking about Spider-Man. I know I will in the sense yes. that I will do my best to avoid spoilers. Yes. Because people have been absolutely awful with spoilers online over the past yes. year to the point where I, I think it's I think it's done trending. I don't think they do it that often anymore. But there was a thing where people would post uh, no context spoilers, where it's just images that are related to the movie. And I think that is bullshit as well. Yes. No spoilers. Don't spoil anything. Just give people like a week, maybe two weeks before you spoil things. I just I had the new Sex in the City spoiled for me. And I had like the night that it came out. It's like you guys. It just came out. Some of us are still working very, very late. Can you give us a ding, ding, doodly minute, please, before I see what happens? Ugh! Yeah, it's annoying. So I will be doing my best to avoid it. I think I'm going to go see it in the drive-in because uh, two reasons why. One, I it's, it's, we're still in a pandemic. And I don't want to be I don't want to be anywhere where someone's going to breathe on top of me. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, I think that <laughs> I cannot watch Doctor Strange all the way through because a lot of it was motion get, get, making me motion sick. 
Oh, yeah. And I think Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are going to be a very wicked combination of just nausea. <laughs> Can you take, like, Dramamine beforehand? Dramamine? I don't know. I say Dramamine because I was a theater kid, but... I don't know. I don't think that Dramamine is going to help me in this. It's motion sickness medication. Yeah, but I feel like Dramamine actually helps for a real motion sick. I don't know. I'd have to look at it because, like, I, I used it when I would go on a boat. And yeah. that would that would help me out with being on a boat. But this one is not necessarily, I'm not moving. I'm just visually, you know, seeing it. And all I have to really do is look away for that one moment. Okay. Um, hmm. Maybe, maybe do a little googly Google and see if it might help. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go Doctor drive. Strange was dope. So yeah. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was. And it's funny because like a lot of, it, it's, it's something I can't tell. I don't, I can't really tell you what makes me motion sick or what doesn't, but specifically it's when the wise, uh, the ancient one uh, suddenly moved the horizon and walked on the wall. That's what made my stomach go. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. hundred percent. I think a few people were getting sick during that. But there are other scenes that would like a lot of people who don't know motion sickness. Uh, there's a, they're like, well, there's a bunch of other scenes that would make you sick. Right. I'm like, no, it's just a few in particular. And I can't tell you what it is. <laughs> If I did know, it would probably help me out to avoid it. Anyway, mm. which Christmas villains in Christmas movies or stories or whatever? Jeff Bezos. Like... <laughs> He's a Christmas villain. Jeff Bezos. Fight him, Spider-Man. You want Spider-Man fighting Bezos? I think that would be great. And they can fight on the rocket. Listen, this would be a great children's story. I'm just saying. <laughs> so... I was watching Wonder Lo- Wonderful Life the other night, and yeah, a lot of villains are businessmen that don't have a soul. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just, a lot of people, listen, a lot of people, we, I, I'm going to speak on behalf of the general public. I think a lot of people don't like him, and we are upset with the fact that we rely on a service like Amazon that treats people terribly. But then we go, well, it monopolized so many things. We can't get the other stuff. So it's that it's a necessary evil. And I would love to see Spider-Man fight Jeff Bezos. I think that could be cool. I might draw that just for my, just for shits and giggles. I want to see that. Can you just tag me and like credit me and be like, idea from Bonnie. That, that's <laughs> all I want. That's all I want is just a little mention. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, and that would help me out a lot because then uh, if Marvel and Disney come at me, I can just point them towards you. I can point them in your direction. Oh, totally... okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Oops. No, I think we're fine as long as I don't make money. And even Bezos, he might come after me. I don't know. Um... What if you made him like Steph Smezos and, <laughs> you know, like S-T-E-F, short for like Stefan, and then Schmezos or... I don't know, some sort of like, it's not quite him. And maybe give him some hair, but we all know it's him. Perfect. See, there. look, you just got to cover your ass and then you're fine. Now, if Bezos was in a movie, in a Spider-Man movie, do you know who would play him? Mike Myers is Dr. Evil. Dr. Evil playing Jeff Bezos. See, I honestly, my mind went to either Fred Stewart or uh, Polly Shore. French is one of my Facebook friends. Um, <laughs> I don't well, know. Would he do it, know. though? You can let him know. I saw him as Jim Bezos. <laughs> that would be interesting. Holly Shore. Okay. I would want to see Mike Myers as Dr. Evil as Jeff Bezos. Like, I want to see, like, a super meta, no, like, interpretation of that. Just because I also love Mike Myers so much. I think that would be really interesting to like somehow have that be like Jeff Bezos. Like, I don't know. I think that would be weird, but I haven't given it much thought as to who should play him. Maybe it can be animated. There you go. There you go. And then you don't have to worry about that. Which voice actor would play Bezos? You know what? I actually can't even imagine Bezos's voice. Like I can't, I don't remember it. 
See, my brain just goes, Lauren Michaels was the I was the inspiration for Dr. Evil. Therefore, it should be Lauren Michaels. And I'm like, why is my brain like this? <laughs> See, I do help with casting things, but not like the big, you know, the big budget things. I just help cast things that I cannot vocally do. Like, I can't be a real 11-year-old boy. So I find them and I, you know, I send their info to my clients to help cast stuff. But... You'd think I'd be better at this since I do casting and I can't think of anybody outside of Lauren Michaels to play Jeff Bezos. Your mind's just stuck. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, um, it's really stuck on that. Mike Myers, give me a call. Let's collaborate. But yeah, Mr. Mr. Potter in uh, Wonderful Life, he never gets caught. Never does. Yeah. He just Maybe he Spider-Man can fight him then. Well, he just, it, it reminds, like I was watching it and I was like, damn, man. Because like Ebenezer Scrooge, he gets taught a lesson from some ghosts. But mm-hmm. Potter gets no, nothing. He just, he wins. He just wins. Uh, I, I, it's, it's funny because, like, he wins, but so does George, so does, so does George Bailey. Mm-hmm. But the the villain never gets caught. And I, I, I never really noticed that until just now, until last night where I'm like, well, what, what the fuck, man? Like, I think it's also because we're dealing with a bunch of uh, millionaires traveling the space and getting to be able to, being able to do whatever the fuck they want. That I that seeing Mr. Potter win completely really struck a chord. <laughs> Soul crushing because you go, yeah, this is this is real life. <laughs> it's not a wonderful life. It's a kind of crappy life. Yeah, it it that makes it maybe a little bit more realistic, and you have that lens and that viewpoint where it feels more real for you than somebody else who is maybe younger and they don't fully understand what's going on and they love that movie. Yep. And I feel that that is true. I feel like life experiences do that. That's why I've gotten less. uh, I've been less harsh in criticizing movies because I feel like a lot of times there are life experiences that you need to go through to be able to appreciate certain things in a movie. You mentioned that you're, you're not a, uh, that you're a DC apologist. (laughs) Um, but I've been less I might crit- be. I've been less critical because mm-hmm. like I remember when uh the Buffy uh Buffy in UPN, the UPN years of Buffy came out. Mm-hmm. I was not Did you big- just say do you know Jimmy? What's my no, favorite TV show? Sorry, not you in general. It's the audience. People on po- uh, people who are listening to this podcast. Okay. Okay. When when Buffy went to UPN, she was in college and I had not been in college yet. So I didn't really uh, appreciate it. I did not really, uh, I didn't appreciate, I, I didn't, I haven't gone through the life experiences to be able to recognize and empathize and relate to these characters. Uh, when they were in high school, I was still, I don't even think I was in high school. I think I was just starting high school, but I could still acknowledge them in school and being, you know, whatever. But when they were in college, and then when I rewatched it many years later, I was able to really appreciate and be like, oh, man, this is fucking good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Xander taking a million different, like, small-time jobs. I'm like, yeah, buddy, I get you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Xander's the everyman. It's that show. Listen, I could talk to you for a whole hour about that show. Um, (laughs) It's one of those things, you know, when it came on, I was in elementary school. I wasn't like, I was almost in middle school, but I was still in elementary school. And I thought it was great because it was this girl and she's pretty and she's fighting vampires and kicking ass. And it was great. And I used to watch with my dad. And then, you know, by the time I finished up my first year of high school, the show went off the air. And then as I got older, I went through the experiences and I had the life moments and there were some things that I said, okay, this is a little creepy with some of these life similarities, like Buffy and her sister, same age difference as me and my sister. She's also taller than me. It's there's, there's a lot of things like that show got me through the loss of a parent and they both had brain tumors. So it was like, okay, I I know I said I wanted to be Buffy when I grew up, but damn it, this is, this is hitting really close. That's a, that's a lot. Lay off. Um, <laughs> but, like, I understood it so much more after going to college and going through high school and all of these things. And it made me love the show even more. Like, I will love that show until the day I die. And then even after that, um, it's it just and this new generation is discovering it and they're starting to watch it and realize how great it is. And some of it's very dated and the 90s references, but the themes of it being there that high school is hell and growing up is hard and you have these literal and metaphorical monsters and it's it's just so good. It's so good. I uh, I did a drawn event and 
someone came up and uh, I was like, oh, would you like a free drawing? And they're like, do you know Buffy? And my my I, my eyes didn't light up, but in my head, I'm because like I think I, I think it was really early in the morning. But in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, I I was incredibly excited by whatever character they wanted. But I was like, yes, I really I intimately so. What would you like? And she's like, can you draw Faith? And I'm like, yes. Would you like her with her knife? Because I've never drawn her knife, and I really want to. <laughs> and then we got a whole conversation about Buffy. But I don't think that person was expecting me to nerd out on that show as hard as I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the best. It's great. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> uh, it's. Did you? So you watch Angel, though, right? I, of course. I've seen Angel a few times. I think oh. Buffy is the superior show. But again, that's based on my life experience because I can relate to somebody in it. Angel, I liked, but there were moments on it that made me mad. <laughs> the only reason, yeah. Only, only reason why I bring it up is because I still think that one of the saddest moments in television is, yeah. See, there's the head. <laughs> I know. Wait, tell me because I think I, I think I know because uh, I think peanut, it's one of my same sad moments too. Peanut butter. Mmm. Okay, not the one I was thinking of. Okay. And it's weird because, like, for listeners who don't know Buffy or Angel, they're not going to know what I mean by peanut butter. But it's uh, the one where he becomes human again. Yep. Yep. They have that one glorious day. <laughs> sex. Besides the sex. <laughs> they they had a great time. And the, oh, yeah, no, that was, that was where she puts her hand. I felt your heart beat. <laughs> so heartbreaking. So heartbreaking. Like, listen, I've grown up and I'm on team. Buffy doesn't need a man to be complete. You know, I don't fight over like teammates. I don't fight over that. I'm like, no, no, no. She's better off without either one of them but that moment i still i still cry uh the other one that i was thinking of was right after the season five finale of buffy and they go to the crossover and they're all walking into the lobby and willow's in there it's that moment where angel only says one word and that's it that's it that that moment right there so good and then they cut and that's over and it's over and it's done it's great I feel like we're going to spend the next next time, uh, the, the rest of the podcast, nearing out about Buffy, and I'm totally game for it. Uh, <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> that season that season premiere of uh, when she left Sunnydale and she went to that hell dimension and they were asking uh, all of the characters, what's your name, what's your name, and they get to Buffy was one of the best season premieres I've ever fucking seen. And it's nothing- so good. No, I don't feel like I've ever felt the same way again when they do that one moment. <laughs> yep. Hey, Ken, want to see my impression of Gandhi? <laughs> she his head. And she's like, Gandhi? She's like, I don't know. So good. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I haven't seen that show in ungodly amount of times. <laughs> no, never. I didn't see Sarah Michelle Gellar at Disneyland and cry because I was maybe a little drunk. No, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. No, never. Uh, what social media of yours should folks follow? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at voiceover superhero, and I am on Twitter at VO underscore superhero. VO as in voiceover, not BO as in body odor, just in case somebody's speakers were a little muffly. I just have to clarify that <laughs> when I'm giving out my email address on the phone. I'm like, buy it, VO superhero.com, VO as in voiceover, not BO as in body odor. And now I have people say, oh, you've said that a lot, haven't you? Like, mm hmm. Just to just to clarify, yeah. I do that a lot with my last name. When I say uh, my last name is Purcell, uh, P-U, as in I smell bad. And one person, one person asked me, they're like, "Oh, you mean Pur, like as a cat?" And I was like, "Sure, but as a grown man, I can't say that and not make it weird." <laughs> yeah, it's the eye contact if you say yes, like a cat. Pur. Like, well, I feel like even if I just do this kind of thing, it's like Pur, like a cat. Oh, yeah, that made it weird. I felt that from here. I need an adult. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, what advice what, what what advice would you give? What would you tell someone who's aspiring to get into voice acting? Take classes. Don't buy your equipment before you take classes. Do not buy a USB microphone. Don't buy a Blue Yeti. Don't do it. Um, love the Blue Yeti people. Don't do it. Um, take classes get coaching don't think that you know it all because you've watched animated tv shows or you've seen things like 
take coaching and classes with numerous people to get different opinions. Don't just go to one person who's going to tell you that you're great. Do not sign up for a demo mill if they promise they're going to record a demo for you after five classes and then you record it and you spend thousands and thousands of dollars because all they want to do is take your money and go. They don't care. Be very, very careful with where you spend your time and energy and ask around, but do your research. Like I hate say, oh, I hate saying that now, but like seriously go online and look up voice actors websites and look up who are the people that you admire. Ask them if they do coaching because a lot of them do. That's how I got connected to Tasia was I emailed her and I was like, I think you're great. I want to do coaching with you. Do you do it? And here we are. Um, she's wonderful. And you never know when that person will have room in their schedule to take you on and to, you know, educate you. And if it doesn't work out and you don't love it, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to love it. It's really, really hard. Do not think it will be easy. It will always get harder before it gets better. Um, what else am I missing? Don't throw away your money. Be really careful where you spend your money. Go to D. Bradley Baker's website. I want to be a voice actor.com. There's so much information there and it's free. And my last piece of advice, don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Do not come to me and ask me questions. And when I give you advice for free, if I take time out of my day and I tell you what to do, and then you say, well, no, you're wrong. And then you go and do the literal opposite or you do something else and then you complain about it. I'm going to be a little mad at you. Don't don't do that. Don't waste my time. Don't do that. It's incredibly upsetting if you don't like what your coach is telling you and you're going to tell them that they're wrong when you're coming to them for advice maybe maybe take a step back and sit down and think about the choices that you've made and how you've come to this conclusion that this is a good idea to say to somebody put yourself in time out and then come back and apologize i think i covered it <laughs>